Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode number 37, The Mystery of Heaven, Part 3. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Thank you once again for joining us on Bible Mysteries Podcast. And I'm here with... Zena, and I'm ready to swallow that red pill. Ready to swallow the red pill. We're going to talk some more about heaven. How have you been? Good? I've been good. How about yourself? I'm well. Can't complain. Just about over the uh, spring allergies, hopefully. Hopefully. It's getting hot out. Praise the Lord. It's starting to get a little... Oh, you like the warmer weather? I love the hot weather. Let it be 100 degrees when I'm just outside... Burning. Oh, you're in the perfect place then, <laughs> Texas, <laughs> except for when we have snowmageddon, right? Oh, I'm, I can just stay up north. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's cool. I, a lot of people are um, are fond of, you know, that's why they move here in the wintertime, because they don't like the yes. cold, cold winters, you know. But um, I, I don't, I like heat, but I don't like humidity. That's my thing. I'm not a fan of that. I had enough of that sticky. growing up in Louisiana. Mm, oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. by the bayou. Oh, yeah. <laughs> enough enough humidity to last a lifetime, that's for sure. <laughs> I love the people of Louisiana. I love the food. I love the music. But you can keep the humidity and the mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. And and the flooding. <laughs> yeah, they, they do have some of that, too. Mm-hmm. So, Although Texas has its share of flooding, too, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I must say. You're definitely right there. We don't know how to drain the water on our streets everything you know some sometimes we joke and say houston is just new orleans west you know oh my yes everything in east texas is very much like the bayous and <gasps> everything so crazy yeah but anyway we're going to talk about a place even better than texas today yeah and really Louisiana. yeah we're going to talk about the heavenly city new jerusalem this is episode 34 and it's part three of our podcast about the mystery of heaven yes so we're going to talk about in more details that heavenly city Uh, We already read last week uh, a little bit about when it comes down, and I'll just remind our listeners in Revelation chapter 21, uh, we'll read it again just very briefly to get you caught up to speed, but uh, we read, after there's a new heaven and a new earth, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, as uh, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. So remember, we talked about last week how this is when God actually comes down because the sea has been removed or the separation is no longer there and he's going to dwell with mankind on the earth. And he's going to dwell in this city and God calls it his tabernacle because what needs to contain God? Yeah. You know, he doesn't need anything. But when you talk about a tabernacle, 
this is a tabernacle here, buddy. Uh, we we <laughs> remember last week we mentioned that Abraham dwelt in tabernacles in the land of Yeah, he was like living Prom- in tents. Yet he was rich. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the tabernacle he was looking for right here. This city <laughs> is the new Jerusalem, and that's what it calls it right there. But we skip down to verse 9. We actually get a tour okay. of the city. Now, this is going to amaze people. To me, it amazes me, and I never... Um, I never stop being amazed at this. So verse 9, there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. They had been showing up all through this book and talked with me saying, come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. So the bride of Christ is this city, Okay. but it, it's filled with people. So the saints of God are the bride in the city. We all come together. There's going to be a unifying as it were. So come, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now we're going to spend probably most of this uh, time today in this episode just in this chapter alone because there's so much description. Okay. So we may go reference some other passages, but we could just take it verse by verse and show, and my hope is to paint the picture that God wanted you to see of how amazing this city is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even describe in great detail the new heaven or the new earth like it describes the city. Okay. So there's something special about this city. It's like the headquarters and the crown jewel of the new creation. Okay. You know? So if this is as beautiful as it is, imagine the rest of it. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to go explore to find that. <laughs> but this is just a take. This is that travel brochure. Remember when we talked about, we I want to know where I'm going. I want to see the amenities. Yes. You're about to see the amenities, right? So verse 10, the middle of the verse, the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high. Now, I'm going to get to the the wall and the measurements here in just a moment, but I want you to think about this. When we talk about the throne of heaven and the sea of glass, that's what um, John stood upon when he first went up to write the things that he saw in heaven. Okay. And so in my mind... God's throne is God's throne. I don't think he has more than one. He doesn't need more than one. He is God. So it was in this city that John was writing from. But John probably didn't know that because if you're in the room of a house, you don't know what the outside of the house looks like, you know, until you go outside. And you So it's like now he wrote all these things from the throne room, as it were. When he saw the four living creatures and the 24 elders and all the angels and the Lamb of God. And that's all at the beginning of this book. But then when God takes him up to an exceeding high mountain, so he gets a big, wide range view of the city. Now he's describing what was on the outside of that throne room. I think when he went up to heaven in God's third heaven, that's where the city is. Mm -hmm. That's why it comes down to the earth. Okay. Okay. So now we're getting the big picture, the macro picture, right? So he says, verse 12, and had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates, 12 angels. And you're going to see 12 over and over and over again. And uh, at the gates, 12 angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So each of the 12 gates, three on each side, has a name of one of the tribes of Israel. On the east, three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. So three times the four directions. 
And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. So you think we got th three gates on every wall and each wall has 12 foundations. Or maybe you should say there's 12 foundations of the entire city and you can see them from every wall. Because if you're looking at a city, now normally when you go to a city that has a wall, you see the wall, but you don't see anything underneath it. Yes. He sees the foundations under the city. How is that? To me, that's a great question, and I, I'm not 100% sure, but here's what I think. He sees it as it descends, so maybe he can see it before it lands on the earth, and he describes it there. Or maybe when it touches the earth, it the foundations are visible, mm -hmm. like big giant slabs of layers, like a layer cake, you know. And you're looking at that, and then on the top of the cake is the bride and groom, you know? <laughs> and that's the city. So it could be something like that. Okay. Or some even have speculated, what if it's actually like almost like a satellite to the earth? And, and you're going to think that might be true when you see how big the city is. But it's almost as though it could be like a moon that always like has a central location in one spot on the earth rather than how the moon rotates, you know? But so it doesn't rotate like a satellite, but as the earth spins, it spins with it and it's always in the same location. Okay. So it would be like, imagine um, <clears throat> if you were a, remember there used to be a day when people were called um, pole sitters. Did you ever see that? No. You should look that up. It's like, it was crazy stuff they did like in the early 1900s. <laughs> and, and there would be some guy that would, that erect a huge pole. It could be like, you know, a hundred feet in the air mm -hmm. and it'd be a seat at the top of it. And he'd climb the pole and he'd sit in that seat and try to break the record for the longest time sat on it. You know, people Why? did the goofiest things <laughs> back then. Always trying to get in the record book. Somehow, yeah. 15 <laughs> really? minutes of fame, right? But imagine if you could get on a really high tower and go to the very top and look down, you know, and, and if you could go that high, you couldn't, but if you could go that high and you could see the earth revolving, Okay. So even though you're moving in space as the earth spins, mm -hmm. the base of the pole is still in Seguin, Texas. Because <laughs> that's where you're going to do this, right? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. So <laughs> tune in for Zena's pole sitting. Coming up soon. So anyway, if the city actually does uh, suspend itself sort of in space... It's almost like the, the foundations could almost come down in like a, to a point of a, like a triangle or a pyramidal shape or something okay. and touch Zion in Israel, you know. Wow. That's just one possibility. There's, there's so many things we don't know for sure, but that's another one that we could possibly speculate on. And here's why we say that. So the wall of the city had 12 foundations, verse 14, and in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So we got the gates with the names of the 12 tribes, the foundations with the name of the 12 apostles, and then here's where it gets interesting. Verse 15, And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city. A reed is, think of it like a ruler. It's a, it's a measuring stick. And the gates thereof and the wall thereof. So he's going to go measure the city, the gates, and the wall. And the city lieth four square. So it's a, it's a square. And the length is as large as the breadth which means it's a, it's a square. It's as wide as it is deep. Mm -hmm. And he measured the city with the reed. Now, here's the measurement, 12,000 furlongs. Now, you and I use furlongs every day, don't we? I probably add yeah. furlongs up half the day, you know, All right? All the time. <laughs> what is a furlong? <laughs> so a furlong is an old unit of measure. Uh, and today it would equate to, are you ready for this? 1,500 
miles. Yeah, because I use that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> now think about that. A city that is 1,500 miles. Most cities are a handful of miles. Yeah. At best. Los Angeles isn't 30 miles across, right? 1,500 miles is half the size of the continental United States. So imagine a city, the border of a city starting in St. Louis and going to New York. Whoa. Or Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. You know, that's 1,500 miles roughly. And then the same distance this way, like from Canada to Mexico. My goodness. One city? It's a big city. Where do you put that on the earth? You know? Right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. Well, the earth could be, in the new earth, it could be larger, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, or it could be, like we said, it might be something of a satellite type thing. And, and another reason why people speculate about that, and we don't know for sure, but we think it might be, is uh, Abraham had the son Isaac. Isaac had a son, Jacob. And Jacob had a dream once where he was traveling Okay. He stopped for the night and made a camp and made his pillow out of a stone, which I find extremely uncomfortable sounding. <laughs> Makes my neck hurt. <laughs> but it says that he dreamed and he saw stairs and angels ascending and descending upon it, going up to heaven. And it's possible that maybe that was a vision of the new Jerusalem since the patriarchs knew about this city. And they looked for it. The builder and maker is God. And maybe in this vision, they knew that it was the, the escalator to heaven. Okay. And so maybe this big city is above the earth and you get on these stairs and you, you know, ride it like the escalator <laughs> Macy's or something, you know. <clears throat> so it's a possibility. Okay. But 1,500 miles is 12,000 furlongs. And then he says this, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So it's a cube, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles tall. Whoa. A gigantic Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Those things are no fun. Especially if you don't know how to do them like Look, me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a gigantic city. Now, you can't go 1,500 miles into the atmosphere mm -hmm. and still breathe. No. You've left. You're in orbit. So that's why I say it's a possibility that it could be in orbit itself, so to speak, you know. Uh, but God is able to make anything happen. We could have a whole other spiritual dimension of physics at that time. And maybe, and with these bodies, it won't matter, you mm -hmm. know. So it's possible that it's right here on the earth and you can just walk up the stairs and go into the city and take the escalator to the top floor <laughs> and breathe just fine. Right. Right. So uh, we don't know until it gets here, but what he's describing is fantastic, you know. And then he says he measured the wall thereof and 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And while here it might look like we're deviating from the 12s because we had 12,000 furlongs, 12 foundations, 12 gates, mm -hmm. but 144 is 12 times 12. Very true. And a cubit we've talked about before is the measure from an elbow to the tip of a finger of a man. And mm -hmm. in this case, it would be the angel. So it could have been bigger. But 144 cubits is a very tall wall because then we're talking somewhere around the order of 230 feet tall and possibly more. Whoa. Yeah. So imagine a wall that high. I mean, that's higher than a lot of buildings. Yes. Yeah. Probably most buildings, unless you're in like New York or someplace with skyscrapers. Mm -hmm. So that's just the wall. 
And the building of the wall of it was of jasper. The building of the wall was jasper. Now, jasper is a precious stone. It's not one we think of if you're thinking, okay, I hope my husband buys me, you know, a, a, a diamond ring. Or, <laughs> I, you know, I hope my boyfriend gets me an emerald or something. Yeah. We think of those, sapphire, maybe ruby. But a jasper is a precious stone, too. Okay. It could be more rare, but um, it, it might be very plentiful. But this jasper stone, the entire wall is going to be made of it. Now, this is a wall that goes 1,500 miles around a city's perimeter in four directions. That's a lot of stone. That's a lot of jasper. And it's 230 or some odd feet tall. And it doesn't say how thick it is, but a wall has to be thick. Yeah. And if it's in proportion to this gigantic city, it can't be, you know, paper thin. It's an expensive wall. It's an expensive wall, right? <laughs> Which tells me there's not enough jasper on the planet to make that big of a thing, you know? So is it possible that God has planets of solid jasper or solid gold or solid diamond or whatever. And actually they say that NASA scientists have discovered planets that are made entirely of a single mineral like diamond, you know? Really? Yeah. They say that they've discovered these kind of things and I don't know how they figure that out, but something about the way the light is reflected, they can determine the composition of the planet itself. Whoa, these scientists are really smart. They're pretty sharp, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go in a battle of wits with a NASA guy yeah. or, or woman, that's for sure. <clears throat> so Jasper and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And when we say glass in the Bible, uh, I'm, I've got a drinking glass right here, and we think of glass as something like that or a window pane. But a glass in this era was uh, what we would call a looking glass or a mirror. Okay. So in that reality, in reality, they're tough because they drank out of like you know uh, stone mugs or metal mugs or whatever like that. They didn't have glass like this. That was a later. Lots of like ceramic. Yeah, a lot of later invention. You're right. Pottery, ceramics, anything along that line. Maybe even wood carved. You know, for vessels. You know, for drinking vessels. Yeah. Woody were, water. Yeah. <laughs> woody water. Well, um, you know, I remember my grandmother used to have these little wooden bowls. That she, when we went over to visit her, we would always eat ice cream out of wooden bowls. I always thought that was the coolest thing. Really? Because our bowls weren't wooden. <laughs> Not in my house, you know. The look. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. 
Thanks again, and here's the show. Glass is a mirror, so this gold is so pure, you could see your reflection in it perfectly. Wow. Like a mirror, you know, and that's what it means by that. And then it says, and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. So now think about how big these foundations are. We don't know how deep they are, but we know there's 12 of them, and we know they run 1,500 miles on all four sides. Yeah. So that the first foundation was jasper, so more jasper, which would indicate that the, the wall comes up out of the jasper. So that's even more jasper. <laughs> and it, that's, like I said, a very expensive wall. Well, where do you see these foundations? The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. It would have to be a sapphire planet My for him lantus. to mine. The uh, third, a chalcedony, another precious stone. The fourth, an emerald. That's the one I want to see. Yes. I think emerald's beautiful. Isn't it? I mean, they're all beautiful, but I love green, you know. The th- reminds me of money. Yeah, but you know what? I have to admit, I think of like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, the Emerald City, right? <laughs> and then the fifth, Sardonyx. Mm-hmm. The sixth, Sardius. The seventh, Chrysolite. I don't know those stones. Okay. Uh, the eighth, Beryl. I've heard of that. The ninth, a Topaz. I've heard of that. The tenth, a Chrysosprasus. Very fancy. Never heard of a chrysosprus. It sounds like something Sylvester would say. It sounds like a chrysosprus. <laughs> it does. The 11th, adjacent, and the 12th, an amethyst. And I've heard of an amethyst. Mm-hmm. Now, as amazing as all that sounds, and I can't imagine where these stones come from. Yeah. Other than entire planets where they're made from. Or, mm-hmm. or God just created them, of course. But <laughs> knowing God and the way he does things, it wouldn't surprise me if he made an amethyst planet. Mm-hmm. Pluto. Or, yeah, amethyst. something like that, you know. <laughs> But then, as a as a person born and raised in Louisiana, this is the one that gets me. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. Where do you get pearls that big? Yeah, I know from giant oysters. <laughs> I want to see the oysters that those pearls came from, and I'm oh hoping that's part of the seafood banquet. <laughs> those oysters are going to be the size of your house. I'm going to need a lot of uh, Tabasco and Tony's <laughs> and lemon for that. Definitely will not be able to slurp that oyster. <laughs> that's right. I have to cut that up into quite a few yes. bits. And then it says the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Even the street is gold. So hence you've ever heard the term streets of gold? It's the Wizard of Oz. That's where it comes from. Streets of gold, right? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the author of the Wizard of Oz was trying to, you know, channel I, some I of this. I could see that because yeah. Emerald, the city that they have to go to, yeah. is very emerald. And okay. even in another um, in another place in the Bible, God's throne is described as a rainbow like unto, I want to say it was either a sapphire or an emerald. I'm drawing a blanket witch, but it was one of those. Okay. And so that means that imagine a rainbow of all colors of all shades of blue or green. Whoa. You know, and I would imagine a sapphire can be more than just blue, but you know, mm-hmm. that's the that's what comes to my mind. So it's an amazing city. There's a passage where Paul talks about wanting you to know the riches of his inheritance. And you think of riches and you think of wealth. Mm-hmm. God is wealthy. Yes. Look at this city. And I don't mean wealthy in a carnal, fleshly way, like I want more money. I mean, God doesn't need money because he owns the universe. 
So why not make his house the most beautiful thing that's ever been seen? Yeah. You know, and that's what he's doing here. And it, it gets even better than that. But I want to pause for a moment because we mentioned the city being pure, pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. And a, another preacher friend that I know once said, can you imagine if you got a brand new carpet in your house and you spent a lot of money on a good quality carpet and somebody came in <clears throat> with a bunch of asphalt from the street and dumped it right on your carpet, what would you do? Well, I'd be upset. You'd be pretty upset, I'd be huh? really mad. That's road building material. But if they came in and dumped a chunk of gold on your carpet, you'd probably say, I can get new carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Gold is road building material in this city. That's how, I mean, think of if, if we use asphalt for roads or whatever we call that, tar, mm -hmm. concrete, anything, to yeah. get, you name it, whatever we build roads from, gold is what the streets are made from in this city. Pure gold as Houses. transparent glass, you know? So that's amazing to me. And then he says in verse 22, and I saw no temple therein. So remember, this is God's house. And anytime God has ever dwelt with Israel on uh, in their midst, I would say, in the city, on the earth, he was in the temple. He was in the synagogue, uh, the, uh, either the tabernacle or the temple, in the Holy of Holies, dwelling between the cherubim on the mercy seat. Very symbolic, of course, because God doesn't need a container. But his glory was there, and that's the one that the high priest went to every year, once a year, and they had to put the little bells on the, on the skirt, yes. you know, in case he died, because mm -hmm. they couldn't go in there. They had to drag him out. If the bell stopped tinkling, oh, terrible. You know, they knew something happened. Hopefully that wasn't a common thing. Yeah, you know? right. And they tied a rope around his ankle, you know, so if, if the tinkle stopped. Can you just stopped, imagine, like, yeah. oh, there they go again. <laughs> there goes another one. Oh, no. So the point being, that was just a picture of all this. When God comes down to dwell with us, you know, and he dwells amidst the cherubim on the in, on his throne, right? So then uh, I think that when he comes down and he lives with men in this city, there's no need of a temple because he is the temple. I mean, we're going to be dwelling in luxury. Right. I want to dwell with God. That's right. <laughs> and the Bible even says that we are his temple. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be in the city. That's the best part. When we ever do get to that part, we're going to see that we'll be there too. But it says, I saw no temple therein, verse 22, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So even though there is a sun and there is a moon and will forever will be on the new earth, and it'll be for days and months and everything else like it was, um, there's no need of the sun or moon in this temple, which is another indication that it's, it's situated in a way that we maybe can't figure out. Because 1,500 miles up, you know, you don't get out of the sunshine. No. Right. Anyway, I mean, you're going to be basically looking at the sun directly and the earth's not in your way like an eclipse or something. It would be you're high enough to be free of that. And uh, and then the moon's just over there fiddling around doing its thing. You know, <laughs> you, you, That's not even a bother for you. So that kind of indicates that maybe this is going to be positioned in a special way, possibly around the earth's orbit. But he says, the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof. So God's light, God's glory lights the city. Doesn't need electricity, doesn't need the, mon the, the sun and the moon, all of that. And then he says, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. 
So this thing seems to be another light providing uh, source on the earth okay. to all the nations. Mm -hmm. Again, indicating that if it's up high, it's shining and it's going to reach, excuse me, it's shining and it's going to reach all the nations, right? And so it could be, again, sort of an orbital type thing. But imagine, so you talk about loving the heat, you know, and the sun gives us those yes. 100 degrees, right? Well, imagine where the sun's still there, but it's not even the thing that's needed for light. The city gives the light. Okay. So whatever the temperature is, which my hope is a, is a steady 72 degrees. No, 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 no. I'm hoping we're got the highs of 90s. We're just floating the river all year round. I hear you. And, and I would imagine we're going to experience all that. I, I don't think that even though we won't feel discomfort from it, cold or hot, you know, I think that we're going to have seasons, winter, summer, spring, all that, you know. I think we're going to have all that, you know. Oh, is that sad for you? That was, you know, God... You just Can want we just summer? just have summer, please? Oh. I just, I really, really enjoy summer. Now think of all those listeners that love fall or spring. You're cutting them off. Sorry, guys. You got to take one for the team. <laughs> That's great. Either way, though, we're going to be in bodies that will enjoy no matter what the temperature is, honestly. Very we true. won't get cold. There's not going to be any, you know, what? what's the temperature out there? <laughs> we're going to be good. And then, uh, so the nations bring their glory and honor into it. Now, one of the things that stands out to me about this verse is there are going to be kings and there's going to be nations in the new heaven, the new earth, and going into the new city. So kings, kingdoms, and nations are not going to end. And we talk about nations and their different forms of government, like we're supposed to be a democracy or a republic or whatever. Yeah. Something's a monarchy, something's communist, something's socialist, whatever, all mm -hmm. these things, all gone, all kingdoms. Because God's a king. So do you think these kingdoms will be ran by the morning stars, like God's cherubs? and? I think it's going to be run by us. Really? Why do you think that? Because when we get saved, the Bible says that we are created unto good works. And so we live our lives on this earth, the temporary lives, not the eternal ones, uh, in service to God. And for that service, we earn a crown. Really? Now, who wears crowns? Well, you know, since I'm Princess Zena. True. I have a question. Since, since you're the warrior princess. Well, no, but that actually you're, you're alluding to something that's important. Kings, queens wear crowns, mm -hmm. right? So why do they wear them? Because they reign. So there's a parable about individuals that were given some talents by God. He gave one 10, he gave one five, and he gave one one. And he, and he said, you know, use these till I come back. So when he comes back to take account of what they did, the one guy that had 10 earned 10 more. You know, he traded with it, whatever, talents as a measure of money. One had five, gained five more. But the one he gave one went and buried it, and he hid it in a napkin. And he said, God said, why did you do that? And he said, well, I was afraid of you. I, I knew that you you were gonna you were an austere man and whatever. So here's the the pound that you gave me or whatever the talent that you gave me, and he and he rebuked that servant for not taking the gift God gave him and using it to make more. Okay. But he rewarded the other two, and he said, "You were faithful over little. Be thou ruler over ten cities." Wow. And I think he meant that literally. That in the new heaven and the new earth, he's going to reward people with their 
crowns of righteousness that are going to give them the ability to reign over a city, a state, a nation, a whatever, ultimately, all under Christ's perfect government, you know? And there's not going to be any, like, Seguin gets the brothels, and I only get Seguin. You know, we're, <laughs> we're not going to have any of that kind yeah. of uh, jealousy or envy because we won't be able to experience those. I'll be like, wow, Zena's the queen of New Braunfels. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to go visit her. You know, it would never be anything. And same with you to me. There would never be animosity mm-hmm. because we know that we receive the, the reward. It's like if you, you know, right now, if you turned around and you won the lottery, there's going to be people that might think, she shouldn't have won that. I should have won that. Yes. You know, I'd be thinking, praise God, Zena won the lottery. That is <laughs> awesome. I guess I better find a new co-host. No. <laughs> that'd be the only downside. But but you know what? I, I would be wanting the best for you. I think that'd right? be awesome, right? So that's how, and we can't have our, or we won't be able to have our human negative side come in. Yeah. Because that's gone. Only only dwell in righteousness. So it's going to be an amazing thing to see that we would only want the best for each other and would never feel jealousy or malice toward each other for Mm -hmm. any reason. So that's another one of the pluses. Yes. And then he says, the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. So to me, there's glory and honor in these nations. The kings are going to come up to visit from time to time to bring that glory and honor to the Lord. It's almost like a, maybe it's like a, a tithe, an offering, a sacrifice or mm-hmm. something, you know, that it could be like, look what we made for you, God, you know, and, oh, it's, it's a little, you know, it's a little house made of popsicle sticks <laughs> and God's going to say, that's so cute, you know, because to him, it would be obviously, right? but like, to us, so much. we put our heart and soul into this thing right? and he's going to honor us and he's going to thank us and that's love us beautiful. for it. It's going to be amazing, you know, and then it says there shall in no wise enter into it, into the city. Anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And, you know, to every positive, there's a negative, And we're going to find that the downside, the only downside to all of this is the ones who don't make it, the ones who can't be there. Yes. That would be all those that reject God's truth. They don't want his salvation. They don't want to be a part of the city. They don't want to be a part of the new heaven and the new earth. And what they do, sadly, is they choose to follow after Satan whether they know it or not. They're choosing the path of darkness. They're choosing to remain lost. They're choosing to be an unbeliever, whatever the case may be. And ultimately, their names will not be in the Lamb's Book of Life. And where they end up is the lake of fire. So sadly, they'll be in a place of eternal separation from God, and they'll never know this joy, never know this peace, and never know this glory. So it's it's a warning, too, and he goes on to give some of those warnings later, but it's a warning that whosoever maketh, you know, whoever ends up in the lake of fire are all those that would not accept Christ's payment for sin, so they end up dying to pay for their own sins, and how are you going to get out of the grave on the other side? That's very true. If you pay for your own sins, you'll end up in hell awaiting judgment, you know, and ultimately judgment would be the lake of fire. So we don't want anybody to go there because ultimately when we come to this new heaven and this new earth and in this city and what we get to read about in the very next chapter is the tree of life reappears from the garden of Eden to the new city, heavenly Jerusalem. That's beautiful. And we're going to eat of the fruit of that tree and live forever. And so it's going to like, if we talk about no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. It's possible because when we eat this fruit, 
all the imperfections, all the sin-tainted genetic defects are repaired. Mm -hmm. And we're restored to the way God created Adam and Eve in the first place so that we will live forever and on and on. So what we're going to do is stop here and talk about the tree of life next week. Ooh, I'm super excited. We've discussed the tree of life in a previous podcast, we but have. not in the connection to it being associated with our eternal lives in the heavenly Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So we want to focus on that, Lord willing, next week. Ooh, I'm so excited for that. So we just thank you for being here today again to listen. I hope something about our new Jerusalem travel brochure today yes. has uh, hopefully instilled in you a desire to want to join us. And the only way you can be a part of that journey is to get on the vessel that's going to take us there. And that vessel is the church, the body of Christ. So yes. make sure your salvation, believe on him as Lord and have a relationship with him. And then come back next week and join us again for part four. Yes, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. And please comment down below something new that you've learned from our podcast. And tell me something that you guys know about the Tree of Life or something you're interested in knowing about the Tree of oh, Life. Oh, great idea. Yeah, we want to hear from you folks. And that's why Zena asks you every week to give us some comment, write us an email, whatever, because we want to hear from you. You've you've made us 15,000 strong subscribers. Yes. So I know there's got to be a lot of topics you want to discuss. And we're going to uh, bring those up when we do our next, actually our first live stream on Facebook. Yes. So that'll be coming soon and we'll keep you posted on that too. And you guys interacting with us lets us know what you're taking from our podcast. Are you actually learning something? Or are you just kind of listening to it? Like, you know, tell us. Tell us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, Zena, as always. Thank you for having me, as always. And thank you for being here, folks. We'll see you, Lord willing, next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to biblemysteries.supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.